Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse DePlantis here. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Got a great message entitled, The Great Definition and Its Enemy. First John chapter 4, verse 8 says, God is love. When you think of God, you should be thinking of love. That's the great definition. But it also has an enemy. I want you to call a friend, tell them to turn that television on. They're going to learn something today about the love of God and that enemy that fights the love of God. Now, this is just part one. Part two is coming next week. You're going to be blessed by it. It's entitled The Great Definition and Its Enemy. Are you ready to hear? You got a pencil and paper? Take some notes because you need to know these things when Satan attacks so you can win every time instead of some of the time. Watch, be blessed. The title of this message today is The Great Definition and Its Enemy. You write that down. The Great Definition and Its Enemy. What is this definition I'm talking about? What is the enemy of this definition? We're going to deal with that today because, you see, when you understand what God does, it's amazing. So I want you to hold your place at 1 John. Are you there yet? Amen. All right. Now go with me first now to St. John chapter 3. Verse 16, I want to read that. I'm going to just, I can quote it, but I want you to go to that. It's the most famous verse in the Bible. Uh, and I want to quote it, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for God, notice this, for God, who? For God. For God so loved, so he didn't just love, he so loved. Loved who? The world. Who's the world? Us. That he gave, wherever there's love, there's giving. That he gave his only begotten son. I only have one begotten daughter. I don't think I could give her for you. I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, I, I haven't got there yet. I, I think most of you haven't neither, because that's your child. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that whosoever, that's three words in one word, whosoever. That means anyone that's willing to believe what that verse says, that whosoever believeth in him, in who, in Christ, should not perish, didn't say would not, said it should not, but have everlasting life. Now go to verse 17. Go to the next verse. Now this is what a lot of time the church world does not understand. Verse 17, for God, uh, there you go, and God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. See, people think that, you know, God's always trying to condemn people. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So God didn't send Jesus to condemn you. See, people have a, a totally definition of God. Think of some big bad God that's mad about something. Or you might see a God like as a, as a black thundercloud with an eye piercing out of it and all that kind of craziness, you know. See? No, watch this. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come here to condemn any of us, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, the reason why I put the word might because he will not cross your free will. The whole world can be saved, but it all has to do with your decision to receive it, to receive in him, see. So he didn't come to condemn, and neither does Jesse the plans. I don't come to condemn you. I'm not, I'm not a condemner, if that's such a word. If not, I'll just coin the phrase, you see, but I'll coin the word. But when God so loved the world, he gave. Now, I want to talk about something, the great definition and its enemy. So go with me back now to 1 John chapter 4. I'll be reading out of the old King James Version, and I just love it. And it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, this is the Apostle John talking to his churches there. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. In other words, if you love people, 
and you understand love, you're going to know God and born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Now, I want to get to this last little statement. For God is love. For God is love. That's a great definition. God is, not might be, I don't know, is. In other words, there, when you think of God, you only should think of love. Now, God is, has a judgment side. He does, but if you obey him, you never see it. He said, whom I love, I chastise it. Now, the church world is taking that to an extreme where God just beat your brains out and give you a disease to teach you something. Well, where did he get it at? He can't find any of it in heaven. He'd have to go to hell to get it, and he ain't going to hell. That's too hot. He prefers to be where he is. For God is love. What is that definition? What is love? And there's so all kinds of love in the Bible. The agape, you know, phileo, uh, you know, uh, eros. And most people understand eros, which means erotica in terms of love, sexual love, that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you understand what God is, this great definition. But this great definition of love also has a great enemy. And you have to learn the difference between the two. And I want to talk about that today. So write this down if you're taking notes. Everyone seems to know what love means, though no one finds it easy to define it. Everyone seems to know what love means, at least they think they do, though no one finds it easy to define it. I mean, have you ever, see, I love a lot of people, but then there's something called in love. There's a vast difference between loving someone. I love you people, but I'm in love with Kathy, or she's in love with me. You understand? There's a vast difference. It's a deeper relationship. It's a deeper fellowship. See, let me say that again. Everyone seems to know what love means, though no one finds it easy to define it because there's so many different types of love. You love your wife, but the love that you have for your children is totally different than the love that you have for your wife. It's, it's a totally different type of love, even though that's your, that's, that's your blood, that's your body, you know, that came from you. But you see, when you understand that, you have to learn to define these things so you can understand what love means. So you got to understand that love is sovereign. Love is the supreme sovereign. It's really a supreme. Love is the supreme sovereign. Love alone can subdue. In other words, if you want to subdue something, it's going to take love to do it. I don't care what it is. Love is the supreme sovereign. Love alone can subdue. It binds society together from within. Not from without, but from within. Let me say that again. Love is the supreme sovereign. Love alone can subdue. It's the only thing. It can subdue. It binds society together from within. If you want a great nation, we have to love each other. That doesn't mean we have to agree with each other on a lot of things. We have to learn to agree to, agree to disagree at times. If you want a great marriage, I've had people say, we've never had an argument in our lives. You're the biggest liar I've ever met in my life. If you married somebody, you're going to have some argument. But you have to learn to agree to disagree. Because if you don't, then you can split. But in the midst of all that hurt, love is sovereign. It will subdue hurt. See, love, my God, will go from extreme wonderful feeling to extreme pain because it loves so much. It wants so much. See, you understand what I'm saying? So love is, is this great definition. God is love. So you, when you understand that, then you're going to understand God and how he thinks and what he does and why he does it. You see, because it goes from extreme to extreme because it's so powerful. Let me say it again. I'll give you the first point. Everyone seems to know what love means, though no one finds it easy to define it, and that's so true. Number two point, love is a supreme sovereign. Love alone can subdue. It binds society together from within. So I made up my mind that I would love people who do not love me. See, and, and, but if they knew me, they would. 
And there's some people who don't love God because the reason why because they don't know God. And if you don't know God, how can you love somebody you don't know? Just that simple. In other words, when you begin to know someone, you begin to form a relationship. And when you really begin to really know them, then you form a fellowship, say. You see, let me just tell you something. When you're dating, you don't know that woman. You think you do. You done lost your ever-loving mind if you think you know that woman. But when you say, I do, you did. <laughs> something begins to take place. Things begin to change. Something happens. And it's a deeper thing. And it begins to begin to realize something here. Because when you pick her up, when you first, she always got her makeup on. She's smelling good, looking good. But the day is coming. She's going to put on that old house coat. She wakes up with bad breath, just like everybody else does. Oh, you got to brush your teeth. Her hair's all messed up. She got one of them, you know, one of them bedheads. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And you think, what happened? What happened? Nothing happened. Now you see somebody the way they really are. It shouldn't change your feeling for them, whether they have makeup on or not. Look at the men. No, no, <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. You see, when you understand that, see, then you begin to develop that relationship. So love is that supreme sovereign. It binds society from within. That's why God said, for God so loved, he had to have it in him before he could give it to us. And once he loved us so much, he gave. You see, he, in other words, he said he would tie us together with the word called love. It's a great definition. Write this down. Love, love is never content to offer what costs nothing. Love is never content to offer what costs nothing. You see, if you love, it doesn't make no difference. I mean, you want to, you're going to do your best, and if it costs you everything, you do it. There are a lot of men and women that have given their lives for this country that are in graveyards all over the world because they love this country enough to fight for it. Think about it. They may have disagreed with some of the ideology of our country or things of that nature, but especially in World War II, World War I, World War II was called the greatest generation. They just went. And now those guys they was in World War I was called trench warfare. They knew if they'd come out that trench, they would die. But they knew that there was a cause greater than themselves. Do you see that? And it was willing to give the, what we call the supreme sacrifice, or, or gold family. No matter what war it may be, World War I, World War II, a Korea, a Vietnam, uh, the Gulf Wars, whatever, you know, uh, or maybe someone dying in, you know, in foreign lands and the Middle East, different of that nature. But they're willing to do whatever it takes to get that job done. You can ask people that understand the service what service means. They say, we have a job to do. See, our job is to protect this country. So love is never content to offer what costs nothing. See what I'm saying? In other words, it's going to cost you everything. For to be a Christian, it's going to cost you everything you got. And it's going to cost God everything he has. And together you will form a covenant. And then you will begin to speak like him when you understand this great definition. For God so loved, you'll understand my covenant will I not break. No, alter the thing that goes out of my lips. Now, that's God talking in Psalms 89, verse 34. That's on the front of this church, if you come in. See, but when you begin to fall in love, you become one, then all of a sudden you say, my covenant. Now you're talking about you. My covenant will I not break. Nor alter the thing that goes out of my lips. Jody says this, if my daddy ever tells you to do something, he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do what he said. Why? Because me and my word cannot be separated. God and his word cannot be separated with some doctrine or some ideology. You see what I'm saying? Now, you know, and politically it's the same way. We're all Americans, but we agree to disagree, but we shouldn't be burning each other's buildings down. 
We shouldn't be cussing each other and spitting at each other and things of that nature. Because if a real enemy came and started bombing us, we'd all would grab a, a gun and go to and, and stand a post. You see what I'm trying to say? Now we might be fighting in the streets, but let Russia attack us. Let China attack. All of a sudden, and then oh, all of a sudden now you're gonna meet an army you never thought would exist. Why? Because we're in the same country. See, love is never content to offer what costs nothing. So like when I want to buy Kathy something, it doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be expensive. It helps, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, it doesn't have. But what it has to be is given with the right heart. And I want to do that, you know. And I don't, I don't want to give her something she doesn't like, so I want to give her something she wants, not something she needs. Come on, Lady Shout, I set you free right there. Something she desires. You see what I'm saying? Yet, if I couldn't afford that, her love for me ought to say, thank you for thinking of me, but I, we cannot afford that, but maybe one day we will, together we'll get it done. Well, I didn't get one amen from one woman in this whole place. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because you want it, and I understand that. I, I understand it. But you see, no, if it doesn't cost me something, then it's not valuable to me. Many people know this about my ministry. In all the years of my ministry, uh, I never charge churches when I go. Never. I receive an offering not to meet my expenses because my expenses is my seed into their life. So by being able to do that, I call it the David principle. I'm able to go anywhere I want to to preach the gospel, whether it be a big, medium, or small, because it's not determined that I go by the amount of money that, it, that they give me. Now, it takes a lot of money to run this ministry. Who don't need a great offering? Everybody needs a great offering. That's not the issue. But it's not determined. So I've had some people say, one particular pastor I'm thinking about, I'll keep his name private. He said, Brother Jesse, there's no way we can even afford you. You're flying here. We, on our best we ever get, we couldn't even pay the fuel on, on that aircraft. I said, did I ask you for anything? Well, no. But my God, and, and I've been going there every year for over 20 years. Why? Because I want to. Because I love those people and they love me. So by, by, able, they say, by me making a decision all those years ago that I will not offer God something that doesn't cost me something, I was producing the great definition called God is love. We'd love to have you, but Justin, but we can't afford you. Oh, yeah, you can. Well, what is it going to cost? Ask me. And we'll get this thing done. Now, I have a lot of my friends say, boy, I wish I could do that. But I mean, I just know where I, I have to go to a church of at least a thousand people, 1,500 people to meet the budget. That's why you got financial trouble. Because you don't understand the great definition. See, Jesus went to Jerusalem, but he also went to the towns and the villages. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know, he had 12 full-time people on his staff, and he had 70 part-time. So that's 82 people that worked for him. And, had, and some of them had families, so he had to take care of them too. He just didn't bless the people with the 5,000. He had to take care of them. They were eating every day in the families. When they were on the road, made sure... Because he had a bag, so he took care of that. So he was very responsible in his love for people. Amen. So by me not charging churches, I can go anywhere I want, even when I go overseas. Now, you know what it costs? You don't want to know, but I won't tell you because you just pass out. What it costs to fly from New Orleans to Australia? You know how far Australia, when they say down under, it's further than down under. <laughs> it's da Perth. All the way over to Margaret Court's church. I love Margaret and Barry. Such a blessing. I'm telling you, you're just flying and flying and flying. And you're crossing the Pacific Ocean, man, and flying and flying. And I mean, you know, you're stopping and getting fuel. Take off again. You're just flying and flying and flying. The biggest planes in the world cannot make Australia 
nonstop other than, I'm talking about a 747 can, if it leaves Los Angeles. But see, from here to Los Angeles, you're looking at 2,000 miles, say, to get over there. Then you got to cut across. And when they get there, let me just tell you that they own the fumes. You understand? The fumes, they ain't much left in that plane. You see what I'm saying? But you know, and it, it just costs, it's amazing, but it doesn't make any difference. So when we go do a tour, and I have offices in Australia, they say, man, he, well, why is he coming here? We can't afford him. Yes, you can. See, I, I'm really actually very expensive. You just got to love me. That's it. That's all. That's all I require. And then if you don't love me, I'm going to convince you that you should. The reason why I married Kathy, because she convinced me that I should marry her. That's all I'm going to say about that. I had to get my shot in. Praise the Lord. See, so you understand what God is saying, see. That's that great definition. God is, not might be, I don't know. No, he is. You don't need to add anything to it or take anything away. It's love. Now, if you love each other, that, that doesn't mean you're not going to argue with each other, but you shouldn't become enemies to each other. You see what I'm saying? You can agree to disagree, and that's okay. So in other words, that's why I go. So it doesn't make any difference. They say, I don't see how he does it. That's why I've never had a financial deficit. Love has paid my bills from the day I started. Do you see what I'm saying? Love has done it. I mean, I went to places, my Lord, and, 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 and the pastor was so, I said, no, don't, be, no, don't feel down. Oh, I want to do so much more. You did. You let me come. That's an honor to stand in your pulpit or to, uh, to preach this gospel. Well, I went in the cities where you have to, let me tell you something, when you're renting convention centers, and I'm talking about big ones, and then you got to put television in there and, and screens and all kinds, you're talking budgets of a million dollars to go in there. I mean, you know, I've been in meetings of, oh, a million dollars just in the budgets. You know, I'm talking about just the budget. I mean, you ain't made a dime. You see what I'm saying? Yet, anything over and above to get into those things because it costs, you know what it would cost to rent the Superdome? Pretty cheap right now. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you only can have so many people in it, so you know what I'm saying? But I mean, when everything's running hot and running, woo, you're talking money. Big money. Big, big money. You see what I'm saying? Now, I, I want you to write this down. Love is an impulse to give. For God so loved the world. Love is an impulse to give, to do everything in its power and at whatever the cost. You know, love always has an impulse to give. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Ladies and gentlemen, love is never content to offer what costs nothing. When you truly love, it won't matter what the cost is. Now think about that. What did it cost the father to get us back to him? His only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Now you see, how could he do that? Because God is love. Think about that for a minute. He had to have love in him before he could give us Jesus. Ooh, man, that's a, that's a big thing God did. I have a daughter and a granddaughter. I, I couldn't give them up for the human race. I'm not going to lie, but I, I, I'm not there by no means. But God so loved the world. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Think about that for a minute. That's a powerful, powerful thing. You know, many people send in questions here, and I like to answer as many of them as I can, and I love answering them. And right now I have one from a lady named Susan. She writes this. She says, Jesse, my daughter, is in a relationship with a young man who doesn't love the Lord, okay? Since she's been a little girl, I've prayed for her to have a godly husband. That's good. How do I help her to see that he's not the right one for her? 
I'm divorced and I don't want her to go down the same road. Can you please give me some advice? Okay, first thing first, I know you may have brought your daughter up in church, or, but does she know the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I, I kind of need to know that. But let me just say this. I told my daughter when, you know, when she got married about her husband-to-be that he had to know the Lord, that he had to have a job, and that he had to love her. You see what I'm saying? But the most important thing is for that person to know the Lord. See, why? Because when you know the Lord as two people, you know how to flow together better. It doesn't mean you don't have problems in life. Now, Susan, I'm going to say something. I don't want you to believe that your daughter may have a divorce. I know some people right now, this lady's saving, her husband not saving, and they totally love each other. That's it. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, so that doesn't mean they're going to have a divorce. But what I'm saying is today, we're going to pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for Susan's daughter to be blessed. We pray for that man to get born again and that no divorce will ever come in their lives. I rebuke it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ooh, I like praying for you, Susan. Kathy's coming right now with some great glorious moments. Tell us what the Lord's doing for people, Kathy. Take it away now. Thank you for watching Glorious Moments. Get ready to be encouraged by this precious testimony. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your YouTube channel. Thank you for all that you do. I've been watching for quite some time and it really inspired me and ultimately helped me to be inspired and, to, and gave me the motivation I needed to live. You see, I'm 26 and I used to be a quitter all my life. I quit high school at 16, I quit sports, I quit music, I quit writing, I quit my dream to become a chef. I even quit my dream to have a family. What I'm saying is, it culminated when I was 24. I wanted to commit suicide. Then art happened, and I started searching and actually finding YouTube channels that motivated me. Your YouTube channel, and not just the channel, but you, have inspired me to pursue and not quit on life. I graduated high school in October of this year, and now enrolled in college. I start in 2021. Thank you so much for having an impact on me and saving my life. Wow. You know, I believe this testimony has inspired someone to not quit on life. I'm praying Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 for you. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you to, with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Love that. Trust God with your life. Let him make his home in your heart, and it will keep you strong. God bless you for watching today. I love you. See you soon. This image of fear rages. So where all this power is coming from? It's from the hand of Satan. I don't like fear. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. You're looking at a problem. I'm looking at an answer. Your problem will get bigger. My answer will destroy your problem. What's behind the coronavirus? Jesse's popular message on overcoming fear now available uncut in its entirety from JDM.org. 
You know, partners, I want to say the reason why I believe that you support this ministry so faithfully is because you love this ministry. You love me and Kathy, and we love you too. We, I've said it so many, so many times in this ministry. We reach people, we change lives one soul at a time. You know, when I go out and preach the gospel, whether it's on television or social media or physically at the churches or convention centers or colleges or all the different things that I do, people say, you bring such joy. You know, I tried sad and I didn't like it. I can get rid of depression and discouragement and despondency because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So partners, I can't thank you enough for helping us preach this gospel all over the world. Your faithful financial support is so vitally important. I kind of think of it like, like the three wise men when they came to Jesus. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh because they loved he who is born king of the Jews. So when you send in your faithful financial support, I said, Lord, I said, look at this, Kathy. These people love us, love the work of God, and we use 100% of what you send. Doesn't come to me or Kathy. It goes 100% into world evangelism. And it's just such a blessing of the Lord. And I want to say thank you. And if you're not a partner, pray about becoming one. Because I'm going to tell you, the anointing of an increase is on this ministry, and it's on me. And I'm believing God and I've got the hundredfold anointing on my life. I'm telling you, I do. I want it to come upon you. I've been debt free since 1982. How'd you do that? Giving, being a partner with God's work. That's what it's all about. But the soil must be right that you plant in. And Jesse the Planters Ministries has great soil. I'm not bragging about that because God has honored it. You know why I know that to be true? My Lord, in 45 years of preaching, 43 full time, I've never had a financial deficit. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm not bragging about that. That's God because we keep that soil fertile. Also, for your February partnership, you can get my message, I've fallen in love with the world, not the things of the world, for God so loved the world. The world is people. Now, this teaching is going to ignite the fire of God's love in you to a new level. How do I get it, Brother Jesse? You go to jdm.org for all those uh, all that information, it's all right there. Also, social media is so powerful right now. We want you to stay in touch with us every day. So JDM is on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. You'll always find an encouraging word. I don't, I don't sow discouragement. I sow I encouragement to you. So be sure to connect with us on all our social media outlets today. People just love that. I mean that, and it's just such a blessing of the Lord. Isn't that great? That's God's glorious and wonderful word. Partners, I can't thank you enough. I mean that sincerely. Nothing too small, nothing too big. We got some big project going on right now as I'm speaking to you, and I need your help. And together, locked like this, we'll get it done. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of The Great Definition and Its Enemy, and you'll be blessed. Love you. Bye-bye. Now, what makes a person a great person is vision. The only way that's the physical eyes are going to see it, that you must see it with your spiritual eyes. Don't try to reconcile sense and faith. See, faith goes beyond the intellect. Jesse Duplantis' 2021 Visionary Conference. Throw away your clock. God will put the time on that thing, and it'll come quicker than you think. You are a winner going somewhere to win. The 2021 Visionary Conference, July 15th and 16th. Register online today. Jesse Duplantis Ministries is reaching people and changing lives one soul at a time more than ever before online. JDM is continuing to provide new faith-based content meant to strengthen your relationship with God. You can find weekly messages from Jesse and Kathy on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and more. 
So like us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and stay connected to all the exciting things happening at Jesse Duplantis Ministries. The love of Christ was a deep and constant tenderness. Its intensity was shown in tears. Oh, Jerusalem, how would I love to gather you as a, as a hen gathers its chicks. In prayers, oh, Father, I pray for those that you give me. In labors, whatever it takes to get this job done, I'm going to do it. In suffering, they can beat me till I have no skin left on my back. Till I look unrecognized, I'm so swollen up. Because it doesn't change my love. 